We got fucking negative land in here. All mm-hmm. members of yeah, negative land. Ne- <laughs> that's a band. I, they did. I remember hearing. <laughs> I don't know. I forget which member, but one of the members of Negative Land ended up scoring the 1995 film The Ice Cream Man. I can oh. probably look it up, but uh, if you've never seen The Ice Starring Cream Man, Starring Clint Howard. Uh yes, yes, the the, the iconic film. <laughs> I'm glad the, that someone is familiar the, with it. The iconic film where where the poster is Clint Howard holding an ice cream cone with a skull on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I they haven't... did a whole photo shoot because there's an alternate poster where he's like, oh, it's a bloody ice cream cone. So that means that they did multiple takes to different ice cream cones. It's not just different photoshops? I don't know. Because he's doing different poses. I haven't seen the film. It's not good. It's um, No, I don't, I, watched... ima- I don't imagine it is. But it, I, mean, I watched it a while it back. Is, um, and, it's starring yeah. Clint Howard, so it's got to be worth something. He's the, he's the best part of it, easily. Because he's given his, his all. But, like, some highlights that I remember, there's a scene where they, like, put, like, a dog in a blender. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's, like, the goriest thing in the movie. It's just out of nowhere. He's like, hey, doggy, come over here. Have you seen... And he cuts him in a blender. Have you ever heard of the movie Microwave Massacre? Oh, I haven't. No. That's, What's that about? That is... I think that one. That one's probably more of a comedy than the Ice Cream Man. I'm not sure. I mean, how comedic is, in tone is the Ice Cream Man? The Ice Cream Man's pretty fucking stupid. Oh wait, am I allowed to swear here? Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you haven't you you haven't read Mr. Boop before, have you? Uh, so my <laughs> most exposure with Mr. Boop is someone posted a clip on Twitter.net. Uh-huh. Of... Oh wait, what week is this? Wait a second. <laughs> This is, gonna worry, be, no. this is gonna be someone's <laughs> first week? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. I don't I don't know what Mr. Boop is. I don't know how Betty Boop's involved. All I know is I saw a clip oh, no. of Jim Davis, the great Jim Davis, oh. getting interviewed. Oh, the, the strip was, club he, interview. Yes, yes. And, and Jim Davis, the great Jim heart, Davis, yeah. He he did he did an interview. He talked about drawing a cat who eats the Zanya. Right there. Didn't do any about fucking Betty Boop. <laughs> exactly exactly that's what i saw someone posted that on twitter.net and i was like wow and i looked it up because i thought in the low 144p quality Wait, you, you thought that was that actually jim davis no i thought it was rich evans huh. oh he does sound like rich evans doesn't he it sounds like rich evans and i thought it was rich evans no that's uh loose meat i think it was his name loose loose what? meat dot biz well, MissMeet.biz, if you're out there listening to this, I'm sorry for confusing you for Rich Evans, I think but it, at, at I, that point, you should take it as a compliment. I'm assuming that's, I don't know if that's like a, if that's like a, a channel or if that's um, his, his stage name or whatever. I don't know if that's like a, a group of people or if it's one person or not, I'm not sure. Well, whoever it is, I'm sorry for thinking you're Rich Evans. <laughs> oh, right. I was going to say Microwave Massacre. I... I, that one is, leans pretty heavily into the comedic tone. Like, it's not really... There's not really any sk- horrifying moments at all. It's pretty much just goofy. Um, but it is, like, a, a murder movie. Like, it's like the main character goes around murdering people. And he is played by the voice of Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Really? That one's pretty Isn't that guy Wasn't that guy, like, 70 years old, though? Um, He was pretty... I don't know. He seemed pretty old... But not, I don't know about 70, but this was in like the, this was like in the 70s, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Um, Or something like that. Maybe, maybe late 70s. I don't know. Um, 
But I don't know. That would have been. That doesn't seem right to me that it predates like Halloween. Maybe I don't know. Let me see. Microwave. Yeah. But uh, if you're if you're tuning in now, we were just talking about the nineteen ninety five film. We haven't started recording yet. Nineteen eighty three. I'm recording. This is, I mean, but this I'm is recording. just preamble. Mm. This is oh, okay. You can, also, you can put in any of it. I mean, I did have a. I You're listening to Being Mr. Boop. License to Wed. My name is Ryan Pfeiffer and I am Mr. Boop. My name is Lisa Dupe and I am Mr. Boop. My name is Jam and Janet and I am Mr. Boop. I feel very unprofessional now. <laughs> uh, Lisa, Janet, it's Monday, June 29th. Is that right? Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's 2020, true. and today we're reading the 115th ever Mr. Boop strip. What happens in today's Mr. Boop? In today's Mr. Boop... Lisa, before we continue, <laughs> I have to introduce our new guest, Janet, who I'm not, who oh, I'm not yeah. familiar with. Hi, Jam and Janet. Hello, how's it going? So you're everyone? going to have to introduce me to them, even who, though you already did that. Who are you... And what is your relationship to Mr. Boop? You already know that, Lisa. I know that, yeah. I'm just... Janet, you who are you stuff. and what is your relationship to Mr. Boop? Uh, well, uh, I, I'm a musician. I'm an artist. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm Janet. Uh, and my relationship with Mr. Boop is, uh, I, I, I gotta admit, I'm, I'm, I'm virginal when it comes to this. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm Unlike not Mr. Boop. <laughs> Unlike Mr. Boop, who we all know is quite the promiscuous dog. Um, you, I thought you didn't know that. Uh, it's, it's called contextualization in context, please. Um, but, uh, you know. We, yeah. we, uh, we squandered your naivete before we started the podcast. Before, it's, it's, it's okay. I, can, I, 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 can, I have enough brain damage that I can just forget it. <laughs> There's a lot going. There's a lot going on in this week of strips, so you'll be even more confused than regular. Okay. Than a regular week. Lisa, you didn't read the synopsis. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't let me. <laughs> in today's Mr. Boop, Peter Griffin is in this one. Uh, shadow the synopsis. Yeah, Peter Griffin from Family Guy. The now, Family the, Guy. Shadow the synopsis. Shadows, oh well. Which is, which is the description on Patreon. Yes. Oh, wait. Is there a shadow synopsis on Twitter? No, but I was just clarifying for Janet. Okay. No, I just forgot to check. Um, Four panels, as always. Uh, We see... Janet, stop me at any... Feel free to stop me at any point if you if you need to ask what the fuck is happening. Um, we have to we shift see, up by now, by We right? see Peter Griffin standing behind a... Um, the counter, the subway at a, counter. yes, uh, wearing a subway uniform because he works there, as we know. As um, it's been established. Yes, uh, and he's looking sad. He's looking dejected, and he's got a thought bubble that says, "I'd love to get married one day." It's an awful Peter Griffin impression. You should feel bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, 
I'd love to get married. For your information, for your information, oh every impression we do on this podcast is bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> panel two. He's 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 still looking sad. Now he's looking like down at the ground. His mouth mm-hmm. is like a tiny bit open. Yeah, as if he's saying this, but he's not. He's thinking it in two speech like, rumbles. I imagine he's sighing. Like. I imagine he, he's 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 just so like zoning out, and his mouth is just kind of drooping open. Ah. Um, he's got two speech bubbles. First one says, "I look at what Alec and Betty have, and it's so beautiful." And the second one says, "But I don't know what anyone who would ever want to marry a, sh- but I don't know anyone who would ever want to marry a schlub like me." Electric. And then and then out from from left. Uh, a big titted, uh, oh. you know, a big titted sort of panel three. Uh, this woman. is yeah, panel three. You know, panel three. A big titted beauty walks in, mm-hmm. and sure. uh, and she's like, "Hi there, can I get a turkey sub?" <laughs> You're asking for a turkey yeah, sub submarine there. sandwich. Can I? We get see a, turkey a, sub? a subway. Turkey we sub. see a subway chip display also on the right. Maybe for the first yeah. time ever. Can we yeah, this might that? be a, this might be a, a Mr. Boop first. The subway chip display <laughs> for the first time. We don't usually see this side of the counter. This is Lois Griffin, by the way. This is just like a big <laughs> beauty is uh, Lois Griffin. I don't from, from understand why that's her description. <laughs> it's important. Um, it's big beauty. I'm not gonna argue with it. Is is what I'm gonna say. I yeah, I don't really want to comment on it either. Um, but it's just yeah, it's a pretty standard drawing of Lois Griffin. It looks more like Lois Griffin than Peter does at this point because Peter's been so um, he, yeah. The, as the Peter-ized. as the characters like as the characters like continue to appear in the strip, they sort of get molded into Alex's style, right? At they the start, kinda, they get very on model, and then they. I would say. Mold. Is a sort of flanderization of yeah. of, of their design. It's okay. Not... Wait, Mister Boop seventy two. You see the chip counter, chip stand. Oh, uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to uh, <laughs> edit all that. I'm gonna have to redact all that. Not edit. Not <laughs> not cut it out, but just like bleep out that whole section. Yeah, there's like a very long. Yeah, Millicent, uh, make sure to do that. But in Boop number seventy two, that does take place in a dream. So. Oh, never mind. You know, yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna use myself saying uh, Millicent feel fr- uh, do that as an excuse to then not do it myself while editing because Millicent doesn't edit our podcast. Um, whatever. Panel four. That's a that's a being Jim Davis <laughs> which, reference, which, Janet. <laughs> which is a another podcast. This is a spinoff of that you have no idea about. She doesn't even know being Jim Davis. Janet, do you know about being Jim Davis? The famous, um, the famous podcast. <laughs> I I know of it. Oh, okay. Oh, That's yeah. all you need to know. It's a this is a spinoff of that. Yeah, of course. Is this <laughs> because, an official spinoff or is this like a UHF type situation? No, not, this is endorsed. Wait, what do you mean UHF? Is this like you know? Is this like is this sort of a pirate channel? No, no uh, it was uh, originally it 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 was. 
for like the first few episodes and then we signed on to the same network so it's semi-official yeah, the... well, you're yeah, on the... a network what network is this on, is it on? it's on the, the yeah the pitch drop network yeah, which is the, the network that, make... that the network that hosts being june davis so we're semi-official in that regard yeah the thing that makes this a being jim davis spinoff is that me and ryan well but a we've stolen the format from being jim davis but we've also appeared on the show so you know well yeah that's what and we're on the we're on the same network as well, well we so. we we met through the show and then yeah. so it's not a salmon cat spinoff type spinoff where, where, <laughs> where we we're both appeared and then we and then and then got together for the spinoff it's like it, it, it yeah whatever we were yeah okay, okay. i love salmon cat <laughs> <laughs> cool i prefer salmon max uh panel four it's uh by the way panel one was a flapper shot and panel two oh. was the same shot and we're back to it for panel three i'll i'll yeah i'll, I'll log you that i'll say that whatever i don't know i yeah what you're you'll yeah, what that? i i you'll, agree i'll 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 fight for that decision that, i don't that's i don't see shot. why you would need to by well, the way, if anyone, if Janet, anyone there is challenge. a there is a slang guide tab on the on the spreadsheet in case you don't know what and for when we say things like electries or or flapper shot, we've invented <laughs> our own version of the English language, basically. Yeah, I mean, Ben Davis did that too when they're like, "Oh, vamp." You know? <laughs> we apologize, Janet. Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> I do not apologize. <laughs> I, I stand by the slang guide. Um. Anyway, <laughs> panel four, Peter has pretty much the same expression as panel one, maybe with a little bit of like the mouth from panel two. Mm-hmm. Um, and he responds to. I guess we don't know for sure this is Lois, but we just know it's a big titted beauty. Yeah, that's what we know. He responds uh, <laughs> by saying, "Yeah, coming right up." And he's, he's got a thought bubble again that says, I'll never be happy. Oh, well. <laughs> so what did you guys think of this one? Uh, Funny. I thought this one was funny as well. Janet? Yeah. I think this sort of... <laughs> it was, this, Janet, how did me, you me, like your first Mr. Roof strip? I need to sort of explain how I feel. Let me let me sort of like, put which this contain, into words. Which contained no Mr. Boop or Betty Boop. And it was just, it was a strip about Peter Griffin working at Subway. There wasn't even a marital status strip in this one. There was. Nah. Well, I mean, it's not like, uh, technically. The sort of social (laughs) ramifications of this strip I've just witnessed. All right. Let me put on my reading glasses so I can sort of look smarter than I am. But... (laughs) For for in the audio ways, for the audio for the listeners <laughs> for the audio I'm putting on glasses these aren't even real glasses these are like five dollar costume glasses <laughs> um, but listen in many ways it sort of it, it harkens back to the films of Ishiro Honda in many ways because this is really like being Jim Davis you're saying uh, finally <laughs> uh, in Ishiro I was, Honda's... you know I was actually not to interrupt but I was actually thinking that before we even started recording I was like Janet feels more like a a, a being June Davis guest host than anyone we've had before <laughs> I don't know why I think yeah, well, that yeah you got you got you, got, you have to you have to be on being June Davis you have to sign up for that now oh I, 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 I was 
We could do a session together. Uh, that would be fun. But, um... Uh, Ishro Honda, many of his films sort of dealt with, uh... Parts of life that people didn't really want to acknowledge. Like, like uh, the first thing that, that popped into my head is his 1969 film, All Watchers Attack, which sort of deals with the oh, struggle of the last Is this the creator of Godzilla? Shh, I'm talking. <laughs> I had uh, to look it up. This 1969 film deals with sort of the struggles of the latchkey kid. And through, um, through the main character, Ichiro, we sort of see uh, the struggles that, that children in Japan throughout the latter half of the 1960s we're dealing with you know, this post-war sort of reconstruction this sort of american did you prepare of the this country. what did you prepare this ahead of time no okay. i didn't i told you I took, I took improv classes in seventh grade but sort of what i'm trying to say is throughout that film we see glimpses into ichiro's life right we see his right. parents their work we see his home situation <laughs> and towards the end of the film we eventually realize that He's happy, despite everything he lacks, despite, you know, his family being away, despite the fact that his only friend is his neighbor, who is a grown man who makes toys and invented a supercomputer in 1969 that could show you the moon landing. Thank you very much. But that's not the Imp- point. That the is point impressive. Is, it's not that impressive. Very impressive. I, can, I can see the moon landing. <laughs> but in this film... And sort of, how you say, reconcile the thoughts of this child. Is there a baby Godzilla in this movie? There is a baby Godzilla in this movie. Minya is baby Godzilla. Son of Godzilla? This is not not Son of Godzilla. This is a different film, but he is the Son of Godzilla. Wait, it's a different Son of Godzilla? It's the same Son of Godzilla, oh, but it okay. is not Son of Godzilla. It's not the film Son of Godzilla, but it stars the Son yeah, of Godzilla. Yeah, I knew it wasn't the, son, the film Come Son on. of Godzilla. I... No, if you want to get into that, Son of Godzilla, I, I know. say, when it was directed <laughs> by Jun Fukuda. Now, Jun Fukuda, if you've seen his films, they sort of contrast with Ishiro Honda because uh, Jun Fukuda focuses more on sort of, not so much character study, but more sort of, uh the broader picture if that makes sense all right and yeah. um sure sure it does janet sure it does um <laughs> but uh if you notice if you look at the the original uh showa era the majority of those films were either directed by isho honda or jun fukuda the only exceptions are godzilla vs hedora which is directed by uh yoshimitsu bano i believe his name was thank you um mm-hmm memory and uh 1955's uh godzilla raids again which was americanized into the film gigantus the fire monster that was uh uh motoyoshi uh, uh something oh what is it, it godzilla rides Oda. again is that what it's called godzilla raids again godzilla oh. rides again it's like what the fuck uh, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna godzilla raids again director. i would love to see a godzilla fun. western <laughs> This town this ain't big enough Moto for Yoshi, one of you. Moto Yoshi Oda. Moto Yoshi Oda, thank that you. That was really man. funny what I just said. <laughs> I, but, I agree, I agree. But uh, if you look at that film, <laughs> a lot no of people who, who are scholars of the Godzilla series sort of ignore Godzilla Raids again because in many ways it's a lesser it's film to its predecessor, right? All right this is turning into a Godzilla, Godzilla podcast. Kong. I'm King Kong. 
Now, the, the 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 reason you know it's funny you should bring that up because the predecessor and the and successor, <laughs> oh the successor gosh. was King Kong versus Godzilla in the ninety And if you notice, and if you notice, uh, there was a seven year gap between Godzilla raids again and King Kong versus Godzilla, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's because when Godzilla, the original Godzilla came out in theaters, it was a blockbuster success, correct? And um, not a lot of people yes. were expecting this film to be such a success. Matthew Broderick. So, yeah, not Matt, this is not the Matthew Project one. This is a different film. Dan Castellaneta. This that's Harry the Shearer. <laughs> they're all the they're also in Godzilla. <laughs> You're thinking of, of the Simpsons. It's they're all in Godzilla. But what happened was there was an eight month. The Godzilla Rage Again was rushed into production. To say it was rushed into production would be an understatement. But in the time the script was commissioned to the time it was in theaters was eight months. Eight Aaron months. Kale, that's Johnson. very short. Uh, it's an important film to acknowledge because in me I've heard it compared, uh, whether or not this is poor taste, if the original Elizabeth Olsen, if the original Godzilla was you know, sort of representative of the Hiroshima bombings, Walter in many White. ways, Godzilla raids again <laughs> is sort of symbolic of the Nagasaki bombings. TJ um, Storm, but it's it's significant, not as significant, but it is still significant Brian to Cranston. a lesser extent because even though it wasn't the first. It still set the precedent for a lot of other things. Uh, for example, in Godzilla Raids again, that is the first time we see Godzilla fight another monster, Anguirus. Now, Anguirus... Oh, um, Walter White was in that movie? I didn't... I didn't know. Anguirus <laughs> is sort of a popular character because Anguirus has sort of become... Godzilla's sidekick in many ways in throughout the Showa era. We see him turn up and destroy all monsters. We see him turn up in Godzilla vs. Gigan, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. But then it, he wouldn't appear again until 2004's Godzilla Final Wars. Now, throughout the Heisei era, there was a lot of attempts to bring Ingress into it. Alright? Mm -hmm. Because well, he's the very Final popular Wars character. the last one? The final, final Wars was the last one for 10 years. That was for a long time, that was the final Godzilla film. That was the 50th anniversary film. It was a big celebration of the series, and it had a lot of they had the return of a lot of Showa era monsters who hadn't appeared in a long time. So that's like very Mothra. interesting. Mothra actually appears quite frequently throughout the Godzilla series, but she does appear in that one. She does appear in that one, but she she had appeared prior in the previous film, Godzilla: The Tokyo SOS. So it wasn't as big. You, you want to hear my Mothra impression? No. no. Yoo-hoo! No. <laughs> okay. Okay, no. I do Don't like that me. actually. I, I I already know about your your got uh, your Mothra impression, and quite frankly, but no Mothra, <laughs> Mothra as as a character, Mothra first appeared in the 1961 film, you know, Janet, titled simply Mothra. What? We have five more. We have four more of these to get through. <laughs> we have four okay. more I, I, strips. I'm I I kind of I kind of wish you were you were editing this week because I know I'm gonna <laughs> keep it all in. <laughs> but you know that's not the point. The point is Mothra. The reason that film was brought into office, into the box office, into the the, the film theaters, was because they wanted to try to appeal to a younger, sort of more female audience. Because mm -hmm. the Godzilla series was very popular with you know young boys, but they want to get that same sort. Of, don't walk away. I know you're walking <laughs> away. We've lost Ryan. Ryan's walking. But Ryan's now in a hat. Cheaper by the dozen. Hmm? But are you in a hat now? Well, oh, what, are we still talking hat? about it? Are we still what? talking about Godzilla? Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. 
Um, this is my. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for how this ties into the strip. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna in a second. But in a second. Listen, my point is the gods of the series sort of is representative of the growth of cinema in many ways. You see the sort of evolution of the character of the films. Um, and it, it, even though they're genre films, you have to acknowledge their significance in the greater view of cinema, correct? Sure. Um, now I'd like <laughs> to continue with a question. All right. All right. Well, I'd like to continue with a question. And that question is, why is Godzilla unstoppable? I'll tell you why Godzilla is unstoppable. (laughs) Because Godzilla is sort of representative of the spirit of primal nature. Okay? And the the regrowth that comes with destruction. All right? Six things to a cycle type B. Now, what I'm trying to say is that Godzilla, as a character, is sort of (laughs) how you say... um, uh, do you say, so I, uh... What's wrong? Ga- a guy do You don't look pleased. You don't look pleased. No, that's just... just that's going. just how Ryan yeah. looks whenever we do a now, podcast. Now, I want to continue on with this, with, with individual reviews of all 30-odd original gods of the films. Ryan, right? I think you now, should I'm end the episode. You've been listening to being Mr. Boo. <laughs> the original classic. Come on now and get yourself a used expression chair. Only $299. Practically giving these reoccurring comic strip elements away. You can visit the show's website at www.beingmrboop.com for a full catalog of episodes and to sign up to host the podcast. For more updates, follow at Mr. Boopot on Twitter. Thank you and good night. Can you make it so that um, Janet's audio there was in the left channel? This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.